0: a Wednesday night, thanks for coming to join me. As we're uh, tonight going to talk a little bit about constructing a growth plan and what that looks like. Um, But before we talk about the growth plan, probably one of the most important things you would want to know, I'll say this and then I'll pray. A growth plan is only a tool that works if you put it to work. So like I've got a whole shop full of tools Uh, Because I love tools, you know, I I could spend hours at Lowe's or Home Depot because I just love, I love tools. The interesting thing about all the tools I have is none of them work by themselves. It requires someone behind them to make them do what they were created to do, and so it is with a growth plan. So hopefully tonight I'll be able to give you some guidance and some thought about what it looks like to construct a growth plan, but ultimately at the end of the day, um, you're the one who makes it happen. I, we were having some pre-conversations a few minutes ago, and I said, you know, sometimes it's not the growth plan we need. We need a coach that will kick us in the seat of the rear uh, to get us moving because uh, sometimes it's not about having the right plan. It's about having um, the accountability and the discipline to do what you know you, you need to do. And so with that, let me pray, and uh, then we'll jump into this. Lord, we thank you tonight for... Just the wonder of your grace and your provision. God, you are so faithful. And so we just thank you for, Lord, this past year. We thank you for this year that's before us. Lord, what I believe is it's a year of opportunity. God, I believe that not only are you good, but you want to bring goodness and good things into our lives. And, Lord, we just want to be those who position ourselves for that. Um, We don't want to be those who just sit around and and wait for life to happen. Lord, we want to be those who are moving forward in faith, laying hold, Lord, to the future that you have for us. Because, Lord, I believe, not only for myself, but for every individual in this room tonight, that you have great destiny, you have great plans. Um, so, Lord, we want to uh, experience that. So, Holy Spirit, help us tonight, not just to Hear a concept, but help us craft something that would uh, move us forward into the future that you have for us. Lord, I pray these things in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, you know, this time of year, the first of the year has been for I don't know how long, and still is today. Is a time of year that people create New Year resolutions. How many of you have ever created New Year resolutions? How long did they last? A week. Two weeks, a month, I, I think New Year Resolution, the concept behind it is good, is you know here's the positive change that I wanna bring, and I'm all about, and I'm all for positive change. The problem with New Year Resolutions is that oftentimes uh, um, we don't have structure around them. We have an idea, but we have an idea that doesn't have the structure to support the idea. Uh, the second thing, The second problem with New Year resolutions is most of the time we don't write them down. We don't put it on paper, so it's it's not defined. I think a third challenge with New Year resolutions is oftentimes um, we don't have accountability. We don't have someone that we've shared it with that's holding us accountable to the resolution that we established. And so then oftentimes, you know, we're two weeks into the year, three weeks into the year, we've already forgotten what New Year, New year resolutions, um, we established even what they were. And so uh, oftentimes then we just end up disappointed until the next year comes around and we have New Year resolutions again. You know what the number one, by the way, what the number one New Year resolution is? Yeah, all of those. You are right. The number one New Year resolution is get in physical shape. Meaning lose some weight, exercise routine, whatever that might might look like. Uh, oh, by the way, let me welcome all of those joining us online. I forgot that we were live tonight. Great to have you checking in with us as well. There, there's a location that you can go to the documents that we're going to be working through tonight. So you have access to those as well as for all of those here. If you didn't pick up the paperwork as you came in, there's, it's available on the table out in the year you might want to pick that up. Well, let me tell you about my my process as to how I came to discover this whole growth plan idea. In 1990, I came out of Bible College and actually came on staff here at Grace Covenant. So I was here at Grace Covenant as an associate pastor from 1990 to 1993. In 1993, there was a, um, a change in um, the senior leadership of the church, and it seemed good that my wife and I would uh, find another location of ministry, and we ended up in a place called Knox City, Texas, way out in the middle of nowhere in West Texas. Some of the greatest people <clears throat> that you've ever met in your life, but it was just—it a desolate place. Man, it, was 40, it was 45 miles to the closest Walmart. If I wanted to take my wife like, to a movie, like we're going to have a date night and go to a movie, it was 90 miles to the closest movie theater. Uh, we were out in the middle of nowhere, little church of about 50 people um, and a community of a 1,000 people, and I was somewhat isolated. So prior to this, through Bible college and then being on staff here at Grace Covenant, I always had people around me who were encouraging me and challenging me and helping me grow. And all of a sudden, I found myself in a place where I was like totally isolated. I I didn't have that. in the midst of, I believe at this point, looking back, you know, sometimes it becomes really clear looking back, I had a divine appointment and there was a gentleman who's now with Jesus. His name was Pastor Lamb. Pastor Lamb handed me a cassette tape. How many of you know what a cassette tape is? The younger ones in the room, they just said, what, What's a cassette tape? He handed me a cassette tape of a teaching by a gentleman by the name of Dr. John Maxwell. And in this teaching tape, Dr. Maxwell talked about developing a growth plan. It was a totally new concept for me. And as I listened to this teaching, I thought, wow, I want to grow, so I need a a growth plan. And so that takes us back now uh, 27 years ago. 27 years ago, I developed my first growth plan. Over the process of the years, it's evolved some for me, but the process has always been the same. And really, the key principle I came to discover, and this seems like to be a no-brainer, but it was an aha moment for me. It's like, if I want to grow, I'm going to have to do something to grow. If I want to grow, I'm going to have to be intentional. I need a plan. I need some kind of strategy to help me achieve what I want to achieve. And so 27 years ago, I developed the growth plan. And if you were to ask me today, uh, Pharaoh, what's been the number one thing that's helped you grow in your faith life, grow in your relationship with God, grow in your leadership? I would say the number one thing that's helped me has been my growth plan. Now, within the growth plan, there's books that I read, there's podcasts I listen to, there's seminars that I go, there's all other kind of tools that play into that. But the number one thing that's helped me grow through the years, and even still today, for 2021, I developed another growth plan. Um, It's still the ongoing process in my life, because I I don't think we ever should stop learning or growing. I, I don't think that process should stop until they put you six feet under and you're present with Jesus. Like the, your body's like in the ground, but your spirit's... Would, I, I think we should always be in this ongoing, growing, learning process. Because as long as you're here, and as long as you still have breath, and as long as you're taking up space, that tells me God's not finished with you yet. Can I get an amen on that? It means this. He has plans for your life. And so you want to be positioned for those plans. Oftentimes I have individuals come to me and say, you know, I feel like God's calling me to this area or God's calling me to ministry. What do you think I should do? And I say, well, until God opens the door, I think you should get some tools in the toolbox. In other words, you need to get ready for what you sense God's calling you to. So when the door opens, you can say, I've been getting ready for that for three years. I'm your man, I'm your woman, I'm ready to go. Why? Because you've been getting tools in the toolbox. And so I, I, I'm just convinced that we should be in this ongoing growth process in our lives. So what we're going to do tonight is I'm going I'm to talk with you for about, I don't know, maybe 35 minutes, and then um, I'm going to direct you to a, a template as to how you can develop a growth plan, um, and then we'll have a little time for Q&A, and I, my goal is to get you out of here uh, at or before eight o'clock. And so hopefully I can, uh, I can stick to that. But as I've been in leadership now for a number of years, I've taken a survey numerous times asking this question to a group of people, to a room full of people, kind of like this room. Uh, the first question is, is, how many of you want to grow in your life? And it's pretty much always like 100% of the people. Say, I want to grow. Like, who who wants to say, no, I just want to fail in life? Like, nobody says that, right? No, everyone wants to grow. Then I ask a follow up question okay, how many of you have a plan as to how you're going to grow? And usually it's around 10%. 100% wants to grow. They want to achieve something, someplace different than where they're at. But only 10% have a plan as to how they're going to accomplish that. Um, that tells me the other 90% may never achieve what they want to achieve. Why? Because they, they, they don't have the strategy or, or the plan. And I, I'm convinced of uh, this process of growth because I have some convictions, some convictions that drive me, some convictions I hold even for you, not just for my own life, but convictions I hold Even for you this evening, the the first conviction is this, that God has greater plans, greater future, and greater destiny for you. 1 Corinthians 2.9 says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. That means that you have not experienced all that God has for you yet. Are you with me? And then Jeremiah twenty nine eleven says, "I know the plans I have for you," says the Lord. "Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in a future. In other words, God's plans for you are good. God's plans for you are more than what your present experience. And when I say more, I'm not just I'm, I'm not the more is not referring to more money, more house, more car. That may be included, but that's I'm talking about the more of you living out your purpose." Um. Listen, you you can have a lot of money, but if you don't have purpose, your life is going to be miserable. Life is not about the money and the stuff. I'm not against the money and the stuff, but life without purpose has no meaning, right? We understand that. So, So God has, my first conviction is, is God has greater plans, greater future, greater destiny. My second conviction that I have is that God has greater works that he wants to do through your life. Jesus said this in John 14, 12. He says, I'm going to the Father, and you're going to do even greater things than I've done. God has greater things. So maybe you've experienced a lot in your life up to this point. I I believe, again, God's not finished. He has greater things that he wants to do in and through your life. Not only that, here's the third conviction I have. God has placed greater potential within you. In other words, you've not tapped all that's there yet. It was interesting studies that's been done on the percentage of our brain capacity that we actually use. And I'm always amazed to find out like, you know, they say, whoever they are, like you're using 8% of the capacity of your brain or 12% of the capacity of your brain. In other words, God's created us with all of this ability and potential so God has greater potential in you that you're not experiencing, that you're not living out at this point. And here's the question I have for you, and the question I live with for my own life, is will you, will you tap into that potential? Will you experience that of the greater that God has for you? You know, the secret of your success is found in your daily routines, It's found in that which you consistently do on a daily basis. That's why, and and I I understand the difference in personality types. My personality type is I'm much more given to structure. I don't like clutter. I don't like it when things are disorganized. I'm much more, so I understand that my life is, my personality type is more bent towards structure um, than being, Unstructured, and so it's a little easier for me to fall into daily routines. For some, that's quite unnatural. But one of the things I've come to discover is that the secret to your success is found in what you consistently do on a daily basis. So if you want to achieve a different place, if you want to arrive at a different destination, then you have to think about, okay, what are the routines that I'm willing to embrace on a daily basis to arrive At that place, if you can craft a plan and follow a plan over the long haul, then you can experience ongoing growth for your life. Whether we're talking about spiritual growth, financial growth, um, career path growth, whatever area it is you want to grow in, if you can craft a plan and consistently follow that plan, again, the secret to success is found in your daily routines. Then you you can achieve uh, that that growth in your life. So as we think about growth, again, whatever the area that you would say, this is an area I wanna grow in, when we think about growth, it requires at least three things. The first is intentionality. In other words, it requires you being intentional in what you, what you, want, to, what you want to achieve. Like, tomorrow never comes and growth never just happens. If you're waiting for growth, again, whether it's financial growth, leadership growth, spiritual growth, uh, whatever, if you're waiting for that to sneak up on you and surprise you, it's not going to happen. It requires intentionality. The, the, second, the second thing that's required is consistency. In other words, it's happening on an ongoing. So we're going to be intentional and we're going to be consistent. For example, let's say that you decided, i want to grow spiritually. One of the ways I'm going to grow spiritually is I'm going to read the Bible from cover to cover. It's amazing to me how many Christ followers have, not, have never read the whole book. If you've not read the whole book, folks, you need to read the whole book from beginning to end. You say, well, I, I may not understand. Listen, there's a lot of it I don't understand. And I, I have a, um, a degree in theology. You need to read the whole book. Well, to read the whole book, there's 11,089 chapters in the whole book from beginning Genesis to Revelation So if you were to say, I'm going to read between three and four chapters a day every day in the process of a year, guess what? You'll read the whole book simply by being consistent. This is what I'm going to consistently do every day. I'm going to read three to four chapters a day, and at the end of the year, maybe you've done something you've never done before. You've read the whole book. So so intentionality intentionality, consistency. The third thing that is required is tenacity. You have to be committed to the process. In other words, follow through. If you're here tonight to develop a growth plan and you develop a growth plan but you don't do anything with the growth plan, then it is not going to help you. And it's not the growth plan's fault. Are you with me? Whose fault is it? It's yours, right? Because you didn't follow through. You had a great plan, but you didn't follow through with the plan. So intentionality, consistency, and tenacity. I I love this statement by Jim Rohn. Dr. Jim Rohn says, you cannot change your destination overnight, but you can change your direction. Your change of direction can bring you to a better destination. So what we're here about tonight is changing your direction to get you in the direction that you want to go so that you can arrive at the destination that you want to arrive at. Also, here's a second quote. James Allen says it like this, people are anxious to improve their circumstances but unwilling to improve themselves, therefore they remain bound. So this whole process is about you improving yourself. It's it's a plan to help you, again, achieve what what you want to achieve, and it really lies in your choices. So, so let me talk to you for a minute about shaping your destiny. What, what is it that shapes your destiny? Because I think oftentimes we're confused as to what is it that shapes our de- What is it that defines our destiny? Um, first, it's not desire that determines your destiny. Just because someone desires to get into shape and lose a few pounds doesn't mean they're going to get into shape, Right? Like desire alone doesn't doesn't get you there. Or or, or let's say you have a desire to be a great golfer. How many of you know just having a desire to be a great golfer is not going to make you a great golfer? Or maybe you're here tonight and you say, man, I have a desire to grow spiritually in my faith life. I think that's wonderful. But desire alone won't get you there. It requires more than desire. So, 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 desire does not determine your destiny. Secondly, talent alone does not determine your destiny. And I think a lot of times we think, well, if I just had enough talent, then I could get there. And I think achieving your destiny is not so much about talent as it is, as it is discipline. No matter of fact, let me just give you a few statistics that prove this out. Did you know that more than fifty percent of all CEOs of Fortune five hundred companies had C or C minus averages in college? Over 50%. 65% of all U.S. senators came from the bottom half of their classes. 75% of U.S. presidents were in the lower half club in their school. That tells you a little bit about the challenge of our nation, right? More than 50% of millionaire entrepreneurs never finished college. So it's not just about talent. It's not just, well, if I had enough talent, I, I could reach my destiny. I, I, I don't believe talent is really the issue. It really comes back to the discipline. Thirdly, circumstances should not determine your destiny. Like we all have challenges, hardships, and circumstances. But at the, at the end of the day, the circumstances of life should not determine our destiny. Listen, what I know is bad stuff happens, even to good people. And oftentimes we can get stuck and think, well, you know, my circumstances are keeping me from, you know, I didn't plan on this happening, but this happened. I I didn't plan on this surprise. Uh, And oftentimes we can get sidetracked by the things that happen to us, and we allow those to become roadblocks or obstacles to keep us from destiny. But I don't believe that circumstances should determine our destiny. It's this, discipline and diligence will release you into the destiny that God has for you. Discipline and diligence over the long haul will bring you to that of the destiny that God has set and established for your life. So why should we embrace a growth plan? Why why does this even matter? Why is this important? Let me give you, I think, three or four or five reasons. The first is, God expects us to grow. God has an expectation that we develop and use the abilities, the skills, and the talents that he's given us. He expects us to to excel, not just to have some mundane existence. So God expects us to grow. Let me me just give you a couple verses of scripture. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 and 7 reads like this. So so then just as you receive Christ Jesus as Lord and, and continue to live in him, rooted and built up in him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, overflowing with thankfulness. So just as you receive Christ as Lord, Paul's saying, man, keep on growing that, that growth process. Then Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1 says, therefore let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from accidentally to death in faith in God. So what God expects us to move on toward maturity. If you were to see someone walking around the halls of Grace Covenant, let's say a 40-year-old male, and he was in diapers and had a bottle in his hand, you would look at that and say, something's not right about that. Right? When you shake your head, it's, I, 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 don't th- I don't know about that. A 40-year-old man in diapers with a bottle? Why? We expect people to grow up. We expect them to mature. We expect them to go through that process of potty training and, you know, get rid of the bottle, to move on to substantial food. And so it is in our lives. Listen, God expects you to grow. It's not okay just to get stagnant in your life. It's not okay just to come to a place where you say, well, I'm just... You know, I'm just coasting. Even if you come to the golden retirement years, I, I don't think that's a time just to be coasting in your life. Again, if you're here and you still have breath, then God still has plans for your life. So, so God expects us to grow. Second is this. Growth positions us for greater effectiveness. It positions us to embrace the more that God has for us. You know, 20 years ago, 22 years ago, I realized that if Grace Covenant was going to grow as a church, if we were going to be more effective as a, as a congregation established here in this community, I realized that if the church was going to grow, I had to grow. And if I didn't grow, then I became a lid on the process of what God wanted to do. There was, an, there was a necessity of ongoing growth in my life if I was going to be able to lead at a more effective uh, in, in a more effective way or to lead at a greater level. So growth positions us then for greater effectiveness. And I think that's true for all of us. Whether it's our spiritual life, our family life, our work life, we are more effective as we embrace a process of growth. Proverbs twelve twenty four says, This diligent hands will rule, but laziness ends in slavery." labor. Diligent hands will rule, but laziness, being lackadaisical, being not concerned about growth and development, brings us to slave labor. So here it is, Do you, would you rather rule or would you rather have slave labor? Again, the scripture positions us to make that decision, and I believe it's connected to growth. Here's a third reason I think we should embrace a process of growth. Is that growth releases latent potential? Latent mean, meaning hidden, latent potential, latent potential that God's placed in your life. You've probably heard me talk about this before, so I won't go deep into this, but it's an interesting study. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, the scripture says, God, in a triune conversation, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, says this Let us make man in our image and our likeness. Now, what's interesting, if you go back and look at the, the prior verses leading up to 26, when God wanted to create animals, he spoke to the earth. When God wanted to create the life in the sea, the fish and the creatures in the sea, he spoke to the sea. But interesting, when God created humanity, when, when God created man and woman, he spoke to himself. I think that's profound. He spoke to himself and he said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And one of the words we use to try to capture, to try to define God is omnipotent. Omnipotent meaning omni is all potent, potential. God is all potential. So the God of all potential said, let's make man in our image and our likeness. This is what I believe. There's latent potential in your life. There's latent potential in my life. That's why I continue to embrace an ongoing process. I believe that God has placed more in me. And I believe that for you as well. That God's placed more in you that you've not experienced yet. That's why we have to, that's why it's, it's um, important for us to embrace an ongoing process of growth in our lives here's a fourth reason I think we should grow is that growth brings fulfillment for our lives when you grow in your life you become more effective and when you become more effective you discover greater joy listen winning is always more fun than losing I'm quite competitive and I hate losing. matter of fact, i, I got to tell this little story. My wife's not here, and she's not watching online. We went bowling last night, and my daughter and I were bowling against my wife and our son, and we kicked their tails twice. <laughs> they were not happy. My daughter and I, we were pretty happy. I'm very competitive. Um, it kind of wired that way. Um, so what I know is winning's more fun. We had more fun last night than they did. Um, But growth brings more fun. It brings greater fulfillment in our lives. When we we grow in our family, we find greater fulfillment in our family. When you grow in your spiritual life, you're going to find greater fulfillment in your relationship with God. Why? Because you're digging in deeper. You're opening your life to more. When you grow in your career path, you're going to find greater fulfillment because you're living out greater destiny in your life. Proverbs 6.23 says, For these commands are a lamp, this teaching is a light, and the corrections of discipline are the way to life. The corrections of discipline open the way to life. There's any number of reasons that, that we don't grow. There's an assumption gap. You know, I assume I'll automatically grow. And we've already talked about growth doesn't just automatically happen. There's a knowledge gap. I, I don't know how to grow. And that's why I think you're here tonight. You, you want to figure out, like, how, how can I grow? There's a, there's a timing gap. It's not the right time to begin. Um, you know, oftentimes we keep putting off. That's when we find ourselves stuck where we're at. We keep putting off the very thing we know we need to do. Because if you keep doing the same thing, you keep getting what? The same outcome, right? The same result. Uh, so there's the timing gap. Um, there's the, what I refer to as the inspiration gap. You know, I just don't feel like it. If you ever get up in the morning and you know you need to go exercise, but you say, oh, I just don't feel like it. And we're waiting for the inspiration to kick in, right? And oftentimes then we don't w- whatever it is, we don't do what we know we need to do because we we don't feel inspired and again, this is where I think discipline kicks in and and we do what we know ne- we, we do what we know we need to do because of the goal that we're trying to achieve um, but there's all of these there's all of these i think hindrances that we have to be willing to move beyond again to experience. The growth in our lives. Dr. John Maxwell, I think I have this quote there in your notes. Dr. John Maxwell, who has been one of my mentors through the year, made this statement. He says, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. That means developing great habits. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishment, and that bridge must be crossed every day. Over time, that daily crossing becomes a habit, and ultimately people do not decide their future. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their future. They decide their habits, their routines on a daily basis, and their habits shape their future. I was blessed to have a great example in my life of of godly parents. It was interesting this morning. I was talking with my dad, who's who's now eighty and um, has a number of struggles and disabilities because of um, he's had several strokes. But when I called him this morning, it was quite early. He was just getting up and, and he said, you know, I was just getting ready to read my Bible. He says, that's what I do every day. He says, I gotta make sure I do it the first thing of the day so that I, it doesn't get lost in everything else that happens in my day. And I remember as a kid seeing that growing up, I would get up in the morning and my dad would always be in the same place. Um, it's still the same, It's the. It's not the same chair. He's wore out a few recliners, but it's the same location um, that I saw when I was a kid. At 80 years of age, he's still doing the main thing, the first thing. He's in the Word every day, um, and it's. I, I saw that routine in my father's life and it's a routine that i have in my life i have a recliner at a specific location it's not where i do my sermon work it's not where i do my church work it's in a totally different location because that's my place i go meet with god and i don't want to get it mixed with the church work because if you're not careful, it's, it's the work you do for God that can destroy the work of God in your life. That's a whole other conversation. But I make sure that I have a separate place that I go to to meet with God. And it happens every day, every day, seven days a week, first thing in the morning. It's just a part of my routine. It's, it's, it's a healthy routine that I've established in my life because it's a part of what I want to achieve. I want to open my life in a greater way to who God is and what he has for my life. So because of that, I have routines that guide my life that bring about an ongoing process of, of growth and development in my life. Does that make sense? So the, the routines that we establish. So I, that's why I so appreciate what Dr. Ma- Maxwell says here. The, and ultimately, people do not decide their future. They decide their habits, and their habits decide their future. And so this whole growth plan is about establishing then what are the, the healthy habits. So, so all of that leads us to, let me give you some ideas on how to develop a growth plan. You have a template there. Let me talk you through the template. I would suggest that you first begin with prayer. God, what, are you, what, are you, what area do you want to grow in my life? You may have some ideas, but I would encourage you to allow the Holy Spirit to uh, encounter you so, that developing a growth plan is not just um, a ritual that you embrace, but it's a spiritual encounter. That it's something that the Holy Spirit is breathing life into. I encourage you first, just, you know, you, you don't have to spend a day praying about it. Just say, God, my desire is to grow in my life in the areas that you want me to grow in. The so Holy Spirit, I'm, I'm committing this process to you and what you want to bring about in my life. So begin with prayer. The the, the second thing I would encourage you to uh, in the process is begin with some statements of purpose. Like, what do you want to become? So now we're talking about the bigger picture. We're going to break it down into smallness. But in the bigger picture, what do you want to become? Uh, For example, these are some of my my statements of purpose in my growth plan. To bring pleasure to God for this is my greatest purpose. To walk humbly before God and to serve others diligently. To be more Holy Spirit-led and less self-driven. To live outside my comfort zone, seizing God opportunities. Those are some of my statements of purpose. So on the bigger picture, if you were to say, what is it? What is it that the Holy Spirit's doing with you? What is it that you would want to become in your life? Are you following me? So thinking bigger picture, what, what is it at the end of your life if you were to say, man, th- this is what I want to be? This is how I want to live my life. So again, whatever your statements would be, it could be two or three. I, ha- I have eight. I have eight statements of purpose that, that help guide my, my thinking, living process. After you develop your statements of purpose, then you need to identify the areas that are significant in your life where you want to experience progress, where you want to experience growth. And this can be any number of areas, depending on where you're at, season of life you're in, what God's working in your life, maybe what God has before you. I would say there's three areas that every growth plan should have. The first is spiritual. How are you going to grow spiritually? Listen, you are a spirit being having a temporary physical experience. Never forget that. You're a spirit being Having a temporary, in other words, one of these days your, your temporary physical experience is going to end, right? We're going to put you six feet under. We're going to come back to the church, eat fried chicken and potato salad because that's what we do, right? You've been there. You know what I'm talking about. So you're a, you're a spirit, your spirit lives on forever. You're a spirit being having a temporary physical experience. And I'm telling you, the most significant relationship in your life is your relationship with God. So the f- one area in your growth plan should be how are you going to grow spiritually. I think every growth plan should have something. That is, so, so one of the headers should be spiritual. A second uh, area that I think every growth plan should have is physical. How are you going to take care of yourself physically? How are you going to take care of the temple your temple. What does that look like? And then a, a third area that I think every growth plan should have is relationships, we're relational beings. So you know, if you're married, if you have children, um, in your circle of friends, what, what does that look like? We're, we're relational beings, we need community. So spiritual, physical and relational, I think should be in every growth plan. Now beyond that, I think on your sheet there's a blank and some bullets. Maybe you would say, um, "I want to become um, financially independent of debt." That might be a good goal. Um, or you maybe there's a specific career path you're on, and you would say, "I, I want to." Um, you know, one of my areas of growth is I want to become. Um, a better teacher. I want to become, uh, I want to get my master's degree, or I want to, whatever that might look like. So again, this can be crafted to whatever's pertinent to your life. On my growth plan, I always address four areas, spiritual, physical, relational, and leadership, because leadership's a big deal in my life. How am I growing as a leader? I, want to be, I, I don't want to just kind of let that know. I want to drive that. I want to be in the driver's seat driving that, making sure I'm intentionally embracing a process of growth. So, leadership is always in my growth plan. It may not be in your growth plan. So, again, whatever areas that you would say you want to add, that you want to grow in, you just you know, you identify those areas. So spiritual, physical, relational, um, then whatever other whatever other areas you may identify. After you've identified the areas, the next step in the development of your growth plan is to identify at least three points of action in each area. In other words, what's going to be your consistent routine? to help you elevate that area, to help you grow in that area. Um, For example, let's say if if your area that you want to grow in is spiritual, it might be something like, I'm going to consistently follow the life journal and the daily Bible readings. Or it might be, I'm going to spend 30 minutes a day every day and worship in the Word. Um, whatever that might look like, but, but what are the action points? So I'm going to grow spiritually, and I realize it's not going to just happen. It's not like I'm just going to wake up one morning and it surprised me while I was sleeping. Um, no, here's the action point. Here's three things that I'm going to do on a consistent basis that's going to position me to grow spiritually. Same thing with physically. What, what are you going to do physically? Um, you know, for me, it's always about diet, it's about exercise, and it's about sleep. Uh, here's, here's my deal. I'm, I'm going to exercise five days a week. I'm going to get at least six hours of sleep a night. I'm going to eat more sugar. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm going to eat healthier. Again, whatever that might look like. You know, maybe there's some specific exercise group that you're going to join, and you're going to be, again, it needs to be defined. So so what are the action points that's going to help you move um, in a positive direction in that area in your life in the coming year? So these are, again, action items. Here's the third thing I think, or excuse me, the fourth thing that I think is really important is after you develop your growth plan, share it with one or two people to hold you accountable. Um, I take my growth plan, and I give it to my accountability partner, and I give it to a member of our management team. So I have two individuals who, so this is not just something that I've identified, and it's secret, and it's just me, and like no one knows if I'm doing it, or no one's asking me about it. No, this is something I've developed, and now I'm sharing it with someone and saying, will you hold me accountable to this? It's like with the pastors, all of our pastors, matter of fact, I just got them all today, I got the last Wednesday, every one of our pastors at Grace Covenant has a growth plan. I have it, their manager has it, and once a quarter we sit down with them and say, how are you doing on your growth plan? What's that called? It's called accountability. Because again, whatever you put on paper, it's not going to serve you well if you don't do it. And as I said earlier, sometimes it's not about the quality of the plan. It's about having someone who loves you enough to kick you in the seat of the pants to get you moving. Right? That's called accountability. So you, who are you going to share it with? Who's going to help you in... Achieve what you want to achieve. And then here's the, the fifth thing that I think is important is that you, that you review it consistently. You know, for the pastoral staff, we do it once a quarter. Maybe for you it's once a month. For me, I have I have two copies of my growth plan. One I keep on my desk at the office, and the other I carry in my daytimer. So I I just always have it around. As a reminder. So it's not something we just develop and we hide away in a file cabinet or it gets lost under a stack of papers. No, we keep it before us. Why? Because this is a plan to guide us. Everyone's right, just to see it, just to be reminded. Oh, oh yeah, that's what I said I was going to do. So keep it handy. Now, as we think about the points of action... So we've identified the areas, spiritual, financial, leadership, relational, physical, whatever your areas are. We have the action points. Let me talk with you just for a minute about the action points. So We said we're going to have an area, we're going to have at least three action points. As you're developing your action points, the first is that they need to be measurable. Don't make them vague. If it's vague... Then it's hard to know whether you're achieving the very thing that you define. Um, as the pastors submit their growth plans to me, a number of them this year I sent back and I said, "This won't fly." They said, "Well, I, you know, in their growth plan, spirit they say I'm going to read my Bible." Well, I'm glad you're going to read your Bible. You're going to read a verse a day, two verses a day. Are you going to read a chapter? Or I, I don't know what that means. It, so, so make sure your action points are not so vague that it doesn't give a, a, a lot of definition. They need to be measurable. It needs to be something that you can say, okay, yeah, I, I can achieve that. So I'm going to read three chapters a day. I can measure that. I, I can know whether I'm hitting that mark. So, so they need to be measurable. The second thing is, is they need to be achievable. Don't create something that's impossible to follow. Don't create something that's going to impress someone else, but there's no way that you can get it done. You know, physical, I'm going to exercise three hours a day, seven days a week. Well, that sounds great, but that's not reality. I'm going to read 25 chapters of Scripture every day. That sounds great, but that's probably not realistic. Like if you're mom and you 're trying to take care of kids and on top of that if you have a job uh, or if you you're a man you have a full-time job outside of the home and you're trying to do your your parenting response listen that 25 chapters a day sounds great but but it's not realistic so so make sure that your your action points are are measurable they're achievable thirdly that they're targeted they need to be designed to bring growth in that identified area. So they're targeted. And then the fourth thing I would say about your action arms is they need to be stretching. In other words, if this is an area you want to grow grow in, it needs to challenge you. Now it's just like with muscle development. If if you want to you know, my son now who's 20, is in this whole phase of his life where he wants to have this body mass. And so now is he drinking all of this nasty stuff that's um, so supposed to build muscle, but he's at the gym like five days a week, and he's, he's working his muscles. He's challenging his muscles, and in that, the muscles grow. And it's kind of the same in our lives. So whatever your action items are, they, they do need to stretch you. It's that stretching process that, that brings growth. So, so as you're developing your action items, just, just kind of think, think of each look at each one of them and say, you know, is it measurable? Is it achievable? Is it targeted? And is it stretching? And so that's really the, again, it's not a complicated process. I think the development of the growth plan is rather easy. It's the living it out day after day that becomes the challenge. It's the putting it to work. Again, as I said as we began, a growth plan is nothing more than a tool. It's a tool to help you, but you have to put the tool to work. And so I'll leave you with this statement. Who you, become, who you will become tomorrow is being shaped by what you do today. It's nearly impossible to grow in any significant way when you, de- when you don't take responsibility for yourself and your life. So who you're going to become tomorrow is about what you're doing today. And I come back to what I said earlier. The secret to success is found in your daily routines. You choose your habits and your habits shape your life. So again, a growth plan is nothing more than something to help you develop the right habits to achieve what you desire to achieve. So that's the whole concept of a growth plan. Again, just a simple tool, a simple process, not complicated. Um, But I'm convinced it's a tool that will assist you in whatever area it is that you want to grow in in your life. So before I wrap this up, I'll take just, we have a couple minutes, uh, because I am going to get you out of here by eight o'clock a couple of minutes for any questions anybody any was anything unclear or questions you might have awesome either i did a really good job or you just want to go home and i'm going to take it as the first that i did a really good job yes Thank you. That's a great question. So in case you didn't hear, as you come to the end of the year, what's the evaluation process like? And then what does that look like? So for me, as I came to the end of the year, I I took my growth plan, and I would say I hit about 85% of my growth plan. Um, I didn't get 100%. So I then evaluated that as to... Like what change might I need to make. One of my, uh, I'll share with you one of my failures. One of my, one of my goals, and uh, one of my, uh, excuse me, one of my action items this past year was to memorize one verse of scripture a week. So at the end of the year, I would would have memorized fifty two new scriptures, and I I didn't come close to fifty two. Uh, maybe twenty two but I didn't hit 52. I I was pretty off the mark. It just fell to the wayside. Um, So I I evaluated, and then the more you do this after 27 years of doing this, at the beginning of every new year, it's not like a total start over. I, I found a pattern that works for me. And so it's more of an adjustment. So from 2020 to 2021, I think I made three or four adjustments in my growth plan um, as to the season of life, as to what I think God's doing in this season for me personally, and um, some areas that I felt like I needed to address. So for me now, year to year, it's more of an adjustment of my growth plan. So I evaluate, okay, how did I do in these areas? and um i talk with my one of my accountability my accountability partner about he and i i have his growth plan he has mine so we have some dialogue back and forth on on how well we did and where we failed and where we might need to improve and then that helps then shape uh the coming year great question thank you yes I think it would be a great idea if it would serve you well. Um, I haven't done that. Um, so I, it hasn't been necessary for me, but I think if it would be necessary for you, I think, again, it's, it's whatever works for, for you personally. I don't think there's a right or wrong in that. So I think if, if that would serve you well, the checklist, um, then I, I would say s- certainly. Certainly. Yes, Tom. what does the, um, uh, as far as, like, the 3 months in, reach out to partners, like that, and kind of give it, uh, i What's that look like Yeah, I, and I would say there's plenty of grace. And the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to become rigid. With the growth plan then it becomes something that robs you of life you know this is not about law it's about a tool simply to guide you forward so if you're three months into the year and uh, you realize you know i, I thought this was going to work at the beginning of the year but it's not working then certainly just make the adjustment you know again you you want the tool to serve you but again you want to put the tool to work so I, I, there's certainly room for for growth for for i mean for adjusting your plan as you move forward awesome well thanks for being here tonight thanks for having a desire to try to figure out like how can i grow how can i become more how can i discover um the greater things that god has for me Cause again, You hear me say this if you're here on Sunday quite often. Listen, live in expectation of the goodness of God. Uh, You know, the scripture, this is actually from the, the New Living Translation. Proverbs 13, 21 says, The blessings of the Lord chase after the righteous. The blessings of the Lord chase after the righteous. And we're righteous not in and of ourselves, but we're righteous in and through the provision of Jesus Christ. The one who had no sin became sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And so as we set our hearts to live out rightness, righteousness, the blessings of the Lord is chasing after. So again, I encourage you to live your life in expectation of the goodness of God. Encountering you, overflowing you. And that way you get to share that of the goodness of God with others. And for me, these are just tools to help me get there. Really nothing more than that. You know, again, don't, don't allow it to become law. Don't allow it to become something that's rigid and, and doesn't help you. No, it's just a tool to help you in the process of what God's doing in your life. Amen? Lord, I thank you for everyone here tonight. Lord, for those watching online. God, for their desire... Um, concerning growth in their own lives. Lord, their their desire that motivated them to be here tonight, Lord, is a statement of what you're stirring within them. And and so, Lord, as they move forward, I pray that they would find this tool to be helpful and effective, even as I have in the past 27 years. God, this has been uh, so beneficial for me personally. And so, Lord, I pray that it would be the same for them. Holy Spirit, that you would guide them in the development of their growth plan. And Lord, in this coming year, in 2021, may they experience, Lord, that of uh, Lord, just ongoing growth and development in the areas of their lives that they've set before you. God, I just pray your blessing on them and for them tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Have an awesome evening.